Hey, welcome to the Mom Podcast. I'm Joel here with my dad. And I'm Rick. Hey, so dad, we're continuing to talk about uh, my new book, Connecting the Dots. We've gone through, man, we've gone through actually about two thirds of the book now. Yeah. Um, and the book's available March 14th. The book is titled Connecting the Dots, What God is Doing When Life Doesn't Make Sense. The basic premise of the book is that God is always at work in our lives, but most of the time we can't see it or necessarily understand it. We only get to understand it when we look backwards. Life is lived forward, but it can only be understood looking backwards, as Soren Kierkegaard said. And I'm convinced that in every season of life, uh, there's a pattern to it. It's a it's pathic, kind of looks like a circular path. You know, yeah. Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. He leads me in paths of righteousness. That Hebrew word path means paths made of circles which you're like, what does that mean? Well, you've probably seen it in your life where you find yourself coming back to certain themes, uh, places, maybe time frames over and over again. You go, this again? What in the world? Yeah. But you yeah. look different. God looks different. And I'm convinced it's our gentle shepherd gently guiding us in circular paths up to where the good stuff is. And I think that there's about nine stages in every pattern. So we've talked so far about the stages. First, there's a turning point um, in every new season. Something changes. Then there's some courage that's required. There's a guide that shows up. Our guide is the Holy Spirit. He's always with us, but I think there's certain times when he comes in and really gives us guidance on the path. Then there's a decision that's got to be made. You just got to fully commit to the path ahead. And when you do, the way opens to you. And then there's the adventure, aka the challenges, where everything that happens in that season is pulling things out of you you didn't even know were in you. And then we face the dark cave, which we talked about last week. It's that dark night of the soul where you just, man, you don't know if you're going to make it out alive but eventually, in, in really in the dark cave, surrender in, in the Christian walk is the victory. Yeah. Then you emerge from the dark cave, and that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. We're going to talk specifically about um, what I call is the resolution. Um, in writing, they call it, you remember this word from, from school, the denouement. Um, not my school. Did you, did you miss that desk? I was a very progressive school. <laughs> we grew, didn't do any of that stuff. Uh, maybe, maybe. Okay. Your progressive school didn't teach you about the denouement? No, they, they did not. The denouement is the falling action in a story, right? So there's this pinnacle moment, the final battle, the dark cave, and then there's this journey home. So Frodo goes back to the Shire, right? Yeah. Um, but he's a different Frodo. But he's a different Frodo. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I want to talk about, this resolution. I think in some ways, this is probably one of the more important parts of the journey. You know, when we lived in Guatemala, it was fascinating to hear people's reflections. We would take mission teams, remember, to Guatemala. Right, uh-huh. It was fascinating to hear their reflections. And I'll never forget one where we were sitting at the, it was the Dumas's house. Uh-huh. And this person had watched us. They'd been working among the poor yeah. their whole trip. I think it was a construction team. Yeah, 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 they'd been working yeah, among the poor. Uh-huh. And I, rem- I remember him saying something ineffective. He's kind of a hippie type fellow saying, these people are in their natural yeah. state. It's such a beautiful thing to see. And they're so happy. And you're like, did you see the same thing we saw? Yeah. Those people are dying of like preventable illnesses because they don't have shoes. They're eating toxic, drinking toxic water, eating yeah. food that's got, and like all you saw was you basically. They had a smile on their face. Yeah. Which is just courteous. Right. You know. But he missed it. I and know. I think it's so easy in a season of life if you don't take the time to really process it with some outside help. Right. You can miss the most important lessons to be learned in that because you see what you want to see oftentimes, or you're tainted by past experiences, maybe past bitterness, and it just either makes you even more bitter. Your limited experiences, yeah. too. Yeah. So what was your take as you read that chapter? What stood out to you on it? Well, you know, this I thought was really a super encouraging chapter. I mean, um, a whole book, I, I mean, I really think it's good, you know. Okay, I'm a little biased maybe, but I think it's really good. But this one was really super encouraging because, um, you know, after you come out of the cave, um, uh, you um, you are different. You are changed. And um, you used a term like um, 
seizing the grace. I remember you saying that. And, you know, I I remember we talked once before about somebody had a problem with a term I use sometimes called the grace lifting. Yeah. I've actually gotten comments from that podcast about that episode where oh, I talked seriously? about the grace lifting. He's like, yeah, I kind of agree the grace lifting isn't a good term. And I'm like, yeah. I never well, had a problem with the it. The reason yeah. they're having a problem, I, I realized when I was reading this chapter where you said seize the grace, why they had a problem with that. And they'll probably have a problem with seize the grace too, because <laughs> right. they're using the theological definition of grace. Grace is God's unmerited favor. Well, God's unmerited favor never lifts. You can't seize God's unmerited favor. It's given to you as a gift. But we, I'm using the term, uh, what I call a working definition of grace, and grace is the desire and the power to do the will of God. Mm. And you, you apply that, like in Paul's situation, my grace is sufficient for thee. My unmerited favor is sufficient for you. What the heck does that mean? But when you say, my desire to do my will, when I give that to you, my grace, the desire to do the will of God, and the power to do the will of God, that's sufficient. Mm. Okay, so... That you can seize, that power, that desire to do the will of God. And um, so anyway, I, I just uh, came across that understanding of why people want to be have with that, uh, that definition of unmerited favor. Yeah, the unmerited favor of God never lifts. But that's not what we're talking about. Right. Well, and what I'm talking about, seize the grace here is like there's this moment of openness after you've been through a hard battle. Yeah. Um, it's a moment where your heart is open. It's You just kind of go, wow. Like, and, and I think most of us, we tend to kind of always default back to kind of a closedness. Like there's some protective nature to us, but there's this openness after you've been through a hard battle, like a, a physical Ill, yeah. a thing, a, maybe after a divorce. And I think there's this unique moment there where God's like, all right, I want to show you something really amazing here if you'll stay open. And that's right. I use that word. Yeah. Seizing the grace. And, and you talk in here a lot about, of course, you know, one of the major topics of my life is that of forgiveness. You talk mm-hmm. about how forgiveness and, you know, when when you've been through a difficult time or whatever the hardship you've gone through is uh, that has conformed you, it's it 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 is easy to emerge from that cave, bitter, upset, resentful, cynical. Yeah, you know? cynical, definitely. Yeah, and um and well, I'm never going to trust God again or something like that. You know, because you, you and sometimes you can't really see what it's done in you until you go into a different situation. And you realize, oh my goodness, this is the same situation I'm in, but I'm a different When person. the circle comes back around, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Frodo example, you know, he goes back to the Shire and he looks the same from the outside, but all of a sudden he realizes he's different when he's in that old environment. And so anyway, forgiveness, I just think it's so important that we we walk through those times in forgiveness. You you have a right. You probably were justified in, you, you could justify yourself in being hurt and offended. And yes, what was done to you was wrong. And yes, that was difficult. And and you can hang on to your rights and be miserable the rest of your life if you want to. Right. Or in this chapter, you talk about just letting it go and giving it over to God. And, Which is where I think, I mean, that, that's why I wasn't initially going to go down the forgiveness route, but I realized a lot of resolution oftentimes, you can't get the resolution until you, you know, forgiveness is, is acknowledging you were hurt, yeah. right? You can't forgive unless you acknowledge you were hurt. I mean, when I used to work, walk people through, through forgiveness, one of the biggest breaking points for them is when, you know, Kat, Kat Russell, one of our, my heroes, uh-huh. she taught me that you always have to say it out loud what was taken from you. And I noticed in counseling, man, when the toughest people would break is when I had them say out loud what was taken from They were like, all right, you know, mentally they're there. Yeah. But when they had to say, my mom robbed me of the opportunity to become all I could be. Like when they say, I, I remember a girl saying that tough lady, she was yeah. awesome. Like just a game, like top of the, her game. But when she said that she broke and it's like, when you, when you have to acknowledge what was taken from you, that's the start. Right. And one of the biggest challenges I think is 
this is where people are going to have maybe an issue here, but I say that sometimes we have to get through and we have to, to forgive God. And you go, whoa, 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 yeah. forgive God. Like, can does a God who does no wrong, does he require forgiveness? And I, like I, the theologians, I'll yeah. let them discuss that. But the bottom line is if you're feeling resentment in your heart toward God, you have to acknowledge what you feel he took from you. Yeah. And forgiveness is never about the other person anyway. Mm. It's not about God. It's oh, not about the a, person who hurt you. I had never even thought in those terms. Yeah. It's about your coming to terms with what was taken from you and choosing to move ahead in spite of that. Yeah, exactly. That's a great point. So it's not about whether God, yeah. You know, that, that's the, I was listening to a preacher the other day. He was brilliant. I can't remember his name or I'd say it, but he was talking about how we all come to this betrayal barrier and the people who went the furthest in their walk with God. They all had a betrayal, a moment of betrayal. You don't even, was it Jeremiah that even said that? You, oh, you, <laughs> he says, Lord, you have deceived me and I was deceived. Yeah. God, God himself deceived him in his perspective. Yeah. Like where you, you come to this betrayal barrier where you feel like God done you, done you dirty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Ultimately on the other side, you go, whoa, and he, he wasn't doing, there's true and just are his ways, but there comes this betrayal barrier in the great men and women of God that we look at where you say, um, I mean, was it, uh, I think it was Teresa of Avila where she's complaining, oh, yeah. complaining to the Lord. And, and uh, she says, Lord, is it, you know, this is, why are you so silent? Why do you not come through in my suffering? And he says, oh, my child, this is how I treat all my children I love. And she goes, well, no wonder you have so few friends. Yeah. <laughs> like there's this acknowledgement of, I really feel like God let me down and betrayed yeah. me. But when you admit that there can come this resolution, but I don't think you can come to it when you're d- denying the way you really feel. And that's what I think the resolution yeah. time is. Acknowledging what happened. Like I just went through a really hard season. Yeah. Like that was really hard. My And, and she w- the, the marriage was supposed to get better, but it didn't but you've surrendered and now you emerge and you have to process what happened. And I think that's a challenge. Most of us, when, when stuff goes down, we just want to pick ourselves up and move on. I talk in the book about how yeah. this, we had this horrible season in Acapulco and I just wanted to move ahead. I'm like, I feel like I wasted a good year of my young life. Uh, now, ultimately I see it was really God's preparation, but you want to just kind of pick yourself up, dust yourself off and just let's move along. Yeah. But if you don't take the time to process it, man, it's really easy to make the same mistakes over and over again. Yeah. You know, something you said uh, really caught my attention where you were talking about how when the people confessed it out loud, out loud, out loud, mm-hmm. it, it, they could process it in their head, process it in their head, but there's something about speaking it. And the thing that occurred to me is it was always, if you confess with your mouth, mm. Jesus is Lord. Wow. I thought, well, that's interesting. Why not just confess it in my heart? Why not just believe it? He didn't say believe. It. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus huh. is Lord, and believe in your heart that he raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But I thought, how interesting, because there's a power, there's some kind of power yeah. released when we actually speak it. It's logos. Well, that's true. Yeah, when the word is spoken. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's some deep stuff right there. That's pretty interesting. Have yeah. to think about that a little more. <laughs> but but I think that's where part of processing, sometimes we have to process out loud what happened to us. You know, one of the things I've noticed in counseling is that when somebody's gone through, I was talking to a girl recently, she's just gone through 10 years of trauma. And I don't think she's ever talked to anybody about it because as, as she talked about it, it's like, it's super disjointed. And when you talk to somebody who's been through a lot of trauma, really traumatic situation, the the story is disjointed. The, then they took me from it, and what? And I couldn't believe the police did that. And but you know, I didn't do that, and I could. Yeah. And then what, man? But it. Oh, and then they, and then the pain, and but you know, and then and you're like, whoa, what are you talking about? When when you have not had time to process it out loud, um, it's just chaos in your mind. Yeah. And that's part of what counseling is. I think is 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 the resolution is it's when you can actually 
share a story. And that's why sometimes <laughs> I have people give me their books sometimes and they want me to read their books. And the books are really, really, really long with every detail <laughs> of everything that ever yeah. happened to them. And I'm like, uh, because every detail is important well, to me. When you're processing your life, I'll never yeah. forget. Uh, I, I sent my 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 first book uh, to this lady, and she goes, "Hey, this is really great." This editor, right? I paid yeah. her for, it. and she goes, "This is really great." Now you've all got it out on paper. Now you can write your book. And I was like, "That is what my book. <laughs> the heck, lady?" But I understood what she meant. Like I put everything out there, but now that everything's out there, you can process what were the important parts of it. Yeah. And I think that's one of the important things about when you go through a traumatic situation, either in counseling or, or that's one of the beautiful things about prayer, right? You can just pour it all out to God. And yeah. if you say it out loud, um, there's this ability to, once it's all out on the table, you can literally pick and choose, oh, that was the important part of that story. That was the important part of that story. And when a good storyteller is able to just pull out what's the important turning points, what are the important key parts of the story and in traumatic situations, uh, that's why sometimes it takes so long to get through trauma because you have to process what happened. I can't believe this happened. But yeah. the more you share the story, usually the shorter the story gets because you start pulling out what are the key parts of it. And I think that's what the resolution time is about, is about establishing what were the key lessons I learned here, God? What were you showing me? And sometimes you don't see it till 10, 20 years down the road. Yeah. But I do think if we don't take some time to pause we risk, I mean, that's what happens with marriages a lot of times. I hear people tell me all the time, well, the marriage has been over for five years. It's just paperwork now. And they're already moving on and dating somebody yeah. else. And I'm like, maybe, but maybe there's some stuff you need to just take some time to step back and get some resolution on. Well, that's, that's, you know, we live in such a productive, uh, mm -hmm. there, there's this idea. Well, like what you were saying, I wasted two years of my young life. You yeah, know? I got, again, I'll never get those years back. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and it's like, oh God, you know what I re realized? God, uh, working with Moses, Moses wasted 80 years, 80 years. <laughs> what a wasted It'll life, never right? never amount to anything now, you know? Yeah. And yet the last 40 were more productive than, I mean, it was enough. Mm. You know? So God understands our timetable. And if he, if he needs to, he can keep you around to 120 years old and still be using you then. Mm. He'll get done what he wants to get done. And so we can kind of chill out and just sort mm. of uh, let him do it in his time frame. Because I don't know that you can rush the process. You know, I, I remember one time uh, I was just talking about this guy going to the military and I, he was asking about my, when I went in, I was going through the uh, APs, the checking in and doing all the stuff. They're doing the health thing. And I'm in this long line. It's an all day process. They're taking blood from you. So after they draw some blood, they say, sit down for 20 minutes, you know? And so I'm sitting here and I'm feeling great. And I'm seeing all these people going past me. I'm going, man, I can hurry this process up, get out of here earlier. <clears throat> so I jump up, I'm feeling good. I'm standing in line. The next thing, next thing I know, I wake up big old gash on my head. And I just, I had passed out in the next line, hit my head on a table. And so I got set back about two hours, you know, them recovering me and everything. I thought, you just can't rush the process wow. sometimes. Man, you know? that's, a good, that's a good example. I'm okay. I'm going to do it. I'm ready to go. And boom, you don't know why you passed out. And you wake up all beat up and you don't know what, what happened. Man. You tried to the, rush the process. Isn't that the case? And I mean, that's sort of like anything. One of the things we talk, talk about in there is that the grieving process is like, it's a, it's a long process. We think of it, you know, as the five stages of grief, denial, yeah. bargaining, right? And they're just like, click, click, click. Oh, I'm, I'm good. But it's actually more of a wide, here's another spiral. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say. Spiral mm. that comes back around where you wake up a year, three, five years after the event and it just rushes over you like a wave and it's like it happened yesterday. And if you've chosen to forgive, it doesn't mean that you haven't forgiven. It just means you got to remind yourself you, ch you chose to forgive, right? Yeah. But there's, it's this process. And I just think 
like you said, we live in such a productive world. Most people, they don't take the time to do the inner work. There's an inner transformation that happens after the dark cave. But if you don't time, take time to seal it, which is the power of those debriefing times, we would do at those mission yeah. trips. I always have a debriefing. Sometimes we don't really have time for it because people got flights to catch and stuff. Yeah. And one of the things I've noticed is the people that miss the debriefing after my adventures, so we'll go hike to Machu Picchu or climb out Kilimanjaro. The people that catch the next flight out to get as fast as out as they can, and they miss that debriefing time, I don't do anything magical during the debriefing, but I just let people reflect back on, hey, what's the big thing that stood out to you on this trip? Because life hits you in the face. Yeah, as soon does. as you get home, um, as soon as you get cell phone service, most people, life hits them in the face. <laughs> yeah, all those texts coming through. Yeah, I mean, you've been out in the mountains for five days and then all this thing. So it's just so important. And I know you can't just shut down your life, right? Like most people, if you're a single mom now after a divorce, you can't just shut down your life. But I do think you can allow yourself some emotional space. Yeah. And one of the ways to allow emotional space is just don't date anybody for a while, right? And you're like, well, I don't want to be alone. Well, maybe that's something we need to address, right? Yeah. That's something that's come up. Being and, alone's there's some positive things in it, even if you don't like it. Some people love it, yeah. but some people just drive them crazy. Yeah. But that's time to process with God. And Losing yeah. a loved one too. A lot of people just jump right back into another marriage. Yeah. It's like, I can't be alone. Well, maybe this is something God, I, I'm, in fact, I'm certain God wants to teach you something through this. Don't shortcut the process. Don't get up before the 20 minutes and then end up passing out. Yeah. And how many times have we seen that with people that just jump right back into a new marriage or jump back right back into a, a I've seen pastors do that. They freak out, you know, they get fired from a church and they just go and quick take the next possible job, but they come in so cynical and bitter. And I, yeah. I get it. You got to have a job to provide for your family, but sometimes you have to just lay low and let, let things process a little bit. I, you know, I wrote a quote down that may tie in here that, uh, talk about this a little bit. It's, you said pain can point to despair or pain points us toward our destiny when we choose to let go of hurt and move toward forgiveness. Yeah. So how do you choose to do that? I mean, you choose to do it by recognizing this is where this is where that crazy thing Paul says. So we rejoice in our suffering. Yeah. But we know that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope will not put us to shame because God's love is important to our heart. I mean, if you look at that sequence, first of all, you always, you always used to hate it when your parents are like, that's building character and you suck it up. Yeah. Like, ah, <laughs> but it really is, right? Suffering yeah. produces endurance. Endurance produces character. But the ultimate end isn't just, oh, you're a person of character. The ultimate is you're a person of hope. Yeah, yeah. Realizing, man, I don't know what God's doing, but I have hope and I have absolute confidence that this is leading somewhere good. Yeah, James says the same thing, only he, he puts it, uh, you know, count it all joy when you fall in diverse temptations. He says, because the testing of your faith works patience. I'm yep. going, well, that's nice, but I'm not that anxious. whoop de doo I don't care about patience, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then he goes on, he says, and when patience, when that has produced its work, you'll be a complete person, lacking mm. nothing. Now that's worth it. That's worth it going through if you go through it properly. Which is where I think, um, I mean, all of this, this whole circular journey that we go through in every season of life, it's, it's that goal. God making us, it's sanctification, the big theological yeah. term, becoming who God knows you can be and made you to be. And one of the big parts of that is, you know, there's, there's a verse that says, after all this crazy things Mary, the mother of Jesus, went through, it says, now Mary pondered all these things in her heart. Yeah. Like there's this moment where she stepped back and went, stepped back and went, Wow, wild ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But she began to process it. And I think that's a message for all of us is just it takes some time. If you can't even, you know, if you can't necessarily take some time and go hang out in a hermitage for a few months, yeah. 
take some time to give yourself some space emotionally. Give yourself some time to just be quiet, be alone, and ask God what's he showing you. May just be driving time, you know, because that's kind of, that's, your mind is occupied enough that you don't tend to drift off thinking about other things, but you can be meditating on the Lord and listening, listening time as well. And oftentimes I find God wakes me up at 2 a.m., you know, when I'm going through a situation like that with some insight or something, because I'm quiet enough Mm. that he can then speak into my spirit and then reveal it to me. So that's chapter eight of Connecting the Dots, what God is doing when life doesn't make sense. You can pick it up anywhere books are sold. Um, it's available on audiobook, you know, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, they all have it. And uh, I, I, man, I hope the book's a real encouragement and blessing to you. Thanks for listening. Please consider sharing this with your friends on the platform of your choice. For more from Joel Malm, visit joelmalm.com. For more from Rick Malm, visit rickmalm.com. Our podcast music was produced by Alex Burleson.